is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Have we got a show for you? Jam-packed the next two hours as the Toronto Maple Leafs head to the world's most famous arena to take on the New York Rangers. In about 20 minutes, we'll catch up to Sportsnet.ca Luke Fox down at the Garden. Mm-hmm. We'll also check in in about 45 minutes. Hockey Hall of Famer, six-time Stanley Cup champion, Mark Messier. No big deal. No big deal there. Mark called Ovechkin's 800th goal in Chicago. We'll get his thoughts on being in the booth for something like that. And then in the second hour, the guy that started it all, uh, David Amber with will he or won't he break Wayne Gretzky's record. So a terrific couple of hours. We're glad you're on board wherever you're watching and listening. Our YouTube channel, Sportsnet 590, The Fan iTunes, Spotify, give us a rating and a review, a thumbs up. We love all that stuff. Yes, yes. Just prior to coming into the studio here, it's always nice. We see Tim McAuliffe every once in a while. Yeah. His terrific show, uh, uh, Tim and Friends, uh, their, their desk's right beside us. And he says, uh, Kipper, you're, you're trending. And I'm like, <laughs> "That's aw- am I trending? Really? I said, oh, it must be for my, my new uh, Next Rewards app. <laughs> where you can play tonight's football game, yeah. Seattle and the 49ers. If you use my code KIPPER19, you get 250 <laughs> points. And that's awesome that I'm trending because of the Next right. Rewards app. Unbelievable. The I mean, the success you're having with that app, the Next Rewards app that Nick Kiprios owns, is has been tremendous. You should have seen me build this thing. In, I know. In, you're writing code. I saw the ones and zeros every day in your desk. Uh White coat, pocket calculator. <laughs> the golden retriever meme that I have no idea what I'm doing in a scientist coat. I wore glasses the whole time I built this thing. Bunsen burners on your desk. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sammy? Yes, Kipper. Is, is that why I'm trending? Uh, no, I think it's because of Pontus Holmberg's next contract. But, <laughs> so it's funny because yesterday we talked about that. Yeah. And you brought up like the offer sheet or whatever and... Looking back on it, I guess it was a little bit more ridiculous. No, it, th- it was in the moment that it was not. Like I didn't even think of it we're as just that. Talking I know about the Leafs. it's just it's shooting the shit. That's yeah, what that's it is. Exactly. What okay, it is. but you know, God. you know, social media. They'll take everything literally. But he's twenty three year old, six round pick, but fifteen games. How many GMs in the league know who Pontus Holmberg is? Listen, it's not the 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 conversation was built off of Pontus because I like him. Yes. I know. Okay. I know. The whole thing was really, I only came from it from a different way now to look moving forward. Yes. And everybody wants to go see how many uh, offer sheets have we seen in the last 10 years? And it's like, it's not about the last 10 years. It's about what maybe the next 10 years will look like and how you can build. You know, uh, John Shannon's got this book out, which I got to get, but. Uh, and it's called uh, Evolve or Die, I think is the, the title of it. Yeah. And that's the way I look at offer sheets moving forward. Yeah. That it, it it hasn't been an option in the past. And if you want to get better, and I just, I, I put it up against a, a Tage Thompson kind of attitude where you have to hedge. Mm-hmm. And it's a terrific tool moving forward for any team to start hedging on players like Pontus to maybe go a little bit above 
a 1.4 million, which is safe, to two to one. Would that be enough to get players like Pontus? That's where the the conversation stemmed so, from. But then the real reason. Hold on, I just want to no, say no, no, no. Let's let JB. I, I just, just want to weigh in on that and say, you know, I, I thought about this on my drive home yesterday. And if you told me next five summers, will there be over or under four and a half offer sheets? I'm taking over. Like, I know it hasn't happened, but this is my biggest gripe with how we talk about sports. This has happened, so this is what's going to happen. It's not the case. Especially now. Everyone's jammed against the cap. Everyone is learning to maximize every possible efficiency, and I think we're going to see it utilized more, if, if you even are, if it is just one a year. If you are an analytical not department that I think it's and yeah. you're heavy on it, and it is a tool for you. How do you ignore it unless you're you're just scared because you're going to upset another team? And I think those and days are over because what can they do? I think, I think those days should be over. Yeah. But do I think that maybe there's a couple of nervous general managers of upsetting the apple cart? Yeah, I do think they still exist. Yeah, well, I remember the whole thing, like Brian Burke taking it personally when, and talking about offer sheets and how... Kevin Lowe. Kev- yeah. Edmonton Oilers. Oh, Penner, right? Yeah, there's an Dustin offer for Penner, Penner yeah. and he ends up in a barn fighting well, like Placid think, or whatever. The... I, I think the NBA, it, it happens all the time. It's I've just never understood it's why. It's just part of the business. It's it's a league where you are competing. It is a cultural thing, though, that it has not been accepted sure. in hockey, but it is coming. So, the same way that player movement in the NBA is coming to the NHL. So we got to talk about your article, Kipper. <laughs> yeah, but the real reason you're trending. Toronto Star, it's Thursday. I've been writing an article all season long for them. It stemmed off of William William Nylander, uh, the next level he's gone, the acknowledgement of an elite player now. Yeah. So I wrote a nice article on him. What's the big deal, Sammy? <laughs> oh, yeah, really, yeah, yeah, just about how great he is and how the Leafs can't afford him. Hey, Kip? Well, Sammy and I were laughing. The team has lost zero <laughs> games in a month, and we're getting rid of Willie Nylander and uh, like, okay, show. Can, can you guys just put your super fan pom-poms <laughs> away for a second? <laughs> what is the fact, what is the fact whether they've won 20 games in a row or lost 20 games in a row have to do with me writing about <laughs> Willie Nylander um, huh. and going to the next level and how it could get expensive? Well, it's just... Listen, what? It's funny what? though. It's just funny. It's, what you, like, it's just funny. Today, what are you, you know, Pashi and Goodfellas? <laughs> am I a clown, am I a clown to you? <laughs> Do I amuse you, Sammy? What is funny? Listen, I don't think anybody in Leafs Nation is thinking about William <laughs> Nylander's next contract. No, hey. and the people don't want to think about it. Can, so then can, it's been brought. Oh, by he's not, made them look at the cruel you, reality you did, of the. Next you did it. Somebody else did it too. Like it's a thing. It's just it's the perception of Leafs media. Where when things are going well and there's maybe not things to pick on, like we do it every day. We talked about Pontus Holmberg getting a. So I, I'm what, part of it. What you're saying? Did you read the article? I didn't read the. Article. I did, and I disagree. Well, with then it. you know it's hard for you to come on if you didn't read my article. Well, I was rushing around today. Right? I forgot my laptop, Kipper. It's <laughs> did been a you bit read of a com- it? Yeah, and I disagree okay. with it. Okay, that that that's fair to me. Okay. Okay, hundred percent. That's fair to me. Um, again, it's an opinion piece. Yeah. I wrote. I wrote an article based on the level of play that he has come to. By the way, it's a good article. I do want to say that. Okay, you disagree with it, but it's a yes. good article. Yeah. Okay, that kind of I'm confused a little no, bit. No, on no, no, that. no. That's the idea. The, the idea of writing something write. that makes people think. Yes. And you write. It, it it made me think about things. Okay, I think that's a compliment somewhere in there. I promise it is. Okay. Yes. So 
let's go down the path. Yes. Because I had spoken about the challenges, again, off of uh, bringing your, your core guys back for mm-hmm. how long and whether or not they can still do it moving on a cap that's been challenged the last few years. Yeah. And how it pertains to all of this in the article was that this may be the best year to win the Stanley Cup. And again, to put things in perspective is that I'm not sure even if Willie can sustain being here next year based on the challenges of the cap. So Sammy, apparently him and Leaf Nation didn't like it because it didn't match up to how great they are this year. So maybe I should have just wrote the article in June. Maybe I should have saved it for June, Sammy. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, I'm looking at their cap friendly page here and the Toronto Maple Leafs, like, they have no one under contract when this contract Listen, expires. Let me tell they you something. Gonna hey, you be quiet for a second. Oh, they're going to prioritize quiet, this it, item. Hey, what? JB's going first. All right. And you can read the article while oh, he talks. Come on. <laughs> My only disagreement was just with the math. With yeah. the idea that they wouldn't be able to maintain, you mentioned the the f- core of the five guys. Yes. If Matthews gets a bump to, you hypothesize, 14, 15 million. Nylander, if I was picking up the implication, you think he'd be a $10 million guy? I would think it would be very challenging for the Leafs to get him under 10 million. Right. So you're looking at bumps of three for Matthews, three for uh, Nylander. What I ended up doing yep. was putting the whole package together two years from now. Yes. When the cap should be up at 5 50, mil, right? I had it at 55, 56 million dollars okay. for the big five, including uh, Yarncroc. Mm-hmm. And then the sheet is completely clean. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good okay. spot to be in having a clean no, sheet and sucks. star players. It sucks. No, it's a perfect. It's perfect <laughs> if you had a lot more money yeah. than what is left on the table. We do not agree. JB. <laughs> yes. So so how many how many guys do you have that on, on that clean sheet that you have to fill? Because I had it at Lots. 16. It's a lot of names, but this is exactly how the team has been constructed and has had success. Okay. Right? No, Around no, those... no, it's not. Okay, well, not it's had not. success. Okay. Or so, we're going to quibble over the semantic of success, but so they're a... W- the projection yeah. is two years from now, $88 million. Yeah, okay. Yep. Okay, so that's 16 guys for roughly $30, $31 million. Tell me now yeah. how you're going to get the rest of the team <laughs> in that frame yeah. needing a starting goalie, a number two defenseman, a number three defenseman and a number, a number four defenseman. Yeah. No, and this is, the, this is what Kyle Dubas has constructed for himself. Yeah. But it's a comparable challenge to the one that they have had over the past five years with those guys eating up. But, it's almost the but, same but, percentage but, of the cap you're talking about, it, the core guys eating. But you have Muzzin at almost uh, at, at 5.6 million, yeah. and you have Brody at five. At, at five. Yeah. Those are really three and four. Yeah, you're not filling your next round with eleven million dollars for two defensemen. You're, you're not. You're just going to cost more for those spots. A hundred percent. If you can find, you, you, guys. you need yeah. to go fill them up with another five million dollar players. You can't do that. Looking at thirty million dollars for sixteen guys, and that doesn't even include your starting goalie. To me, there's too many unknowns here. Yeah, I understand. I understand that that, that there are think positions. Of, think but of the, think of how the, many guys cost minimum. 
on a on a team for the Leafs. Looking Listen, at the Leafs right now, they have seven guys making under a yes, million dollars. And good luck finding five Giordanos who will play twenty minutes and earn seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It's only cynical to think they can't find someone else who can play good. Who's good? For it's going to be challenging. Well, that's a big challenge. It's a big challenge. It is a big challenge. But it's so been outside of this whole time, like out, you said, outside Lord. of Morgan yeah. Riley, you can't fill up two and three with eleven million dollars. You can't. Brody want to play for another five million dollar contract? Well, now, now you're in the ballpark of go ahead and yeah. convince those guys. And I said it in the article: Nylander can stay if he just likes it here and wants to yeah. take less than market value. That's always out there for these guys. And and good on Kyle for being able to convince mm-hmm. Giordano that he can that that you're going to play. You know, you may. Play twenty minutes a night, but you got to make seven hundred and fifty grand. I wonder if Nylander has played himself into a point there, Kipper, okay. where where you're like, okay, it's time to talk to someone else about about moving Tavares, or Tavares is up by that point, right? No, he's got another year. Okay, so he's got one year, uh, twenty four, twenty five. He's got one year left. Yeah, well, you know, now you're talking. Does he want to chit chat? See, now you're yeah. talking. See, I love this about this guy because this guy's a thinker, <laughs> and you may have to push. Mm-hmm. Tavares out by then. Ooh. I mean, one of two things has to happened. Keep either, yeah. To keep Willie. And you would obviously do that if you could, I think. Would you yeah. not, given the stages of their careers they're at? You haven't even factored in that two years from now, July 1st, you have to go to Mitch Marner and sign him. And he's going to get $45 million a year, right? No, he'll get, he'll get, he'll ask for what Matthews earns Yeah, at fifteen. Yeah, that, that's going to be a couple of big Do you see tickets. where I'm going with well, on yeah, this? Yeah, but that's, it's three this, years away. And it's also the same issue that it they do It doesn't matter. Well, listen, <laughs> listen, they don't think like you, Sammy. They well, don't. And they don't think like social media. These conversations are going on right now with Kyle Dubas, Brendan Shanahan, Prindham, all of them. They have these conversations now. Oh, sure they do. Okay. And my job is to bring you the conversations that the guys have in the room that they have in the boardroom or agents have on their 10th floor office. It's not super fan Sammy going, <laughs> hey, come on, don't bring that up. They've won like 20 in a row. I'm just saying. And what makes you so sure Willie's getting 10 million bucks? JT Miller, what did he get? How many points did he have last year? 100 points? He got 8 million bucks. Like, I'm not so sure he's going to get 10 million either. You know, the comparables you use, you, you hey, try to convince him it's, he's Philip Forsberg. Philip Forsberg, Forsberg right? is eight and a half on a discount who is too scared to go to the market. Well, I mean, that's fine okay. contract. They could give him that. Like, 100%. I'm, and I'm he can say yes. I'm just not convinced that he's going to get 10 million bucks. Like, I, but, but Willie has shown oh, a desire to hold out hey. for what he's worth. Uh, Everyone I, here I played has. with his dad. Okay. His dad never left a nickel on the table. <laughs> okay. And I. Well, this guy also held out until literally the last minute. Yeah. So listen. Listen. It's going to be an interesting one, no doubt, in two years. He is heading for a 40 goal season, a 90 point season and there will be a strong desire from other teams to gladly sign Willie Nylander mm-hmm. how much he wants to remain a Toronto Maple Leaf is on him God bless him if he wants to be a Leaf the rest of his career but what a, yeah. by the time he gets to July this July 1st and Pasternak is already gone and probably in the vicinity of 12 12 even if Willie says, okay, I'm not Pasternak, but I'm not, not two million less. I'm not two million less. <laughs> yeah. 
and knowing that you're 12 months away from maybe, I don't know, Buffalo Sabres looking at you going, hey, wouldn't you like to see him and Tage Thompson together? You know, the one thing I'll take from this conversation being brought up at this point in the season is that one year from now, if Willie does not have a new contract, it's a very real conversation about... No, 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 I'm sorry. Too late. Too late to what? Too, Too late, late to trade have, him by to, that? To, to, to take it that far. Okay, we are now... You want to talk about evolve or die? Mm-hmm. You don't let Willie... You don't let Matthews, you don't let your top guys go to July 1st UFA and then you're holding... No, but you let holding... them go to the deadline. Sorry? You can let them go to the trade deadline when you figure out, okay... No, it's too late there too. It's too late because you will not get value for moving them. You will get rental prices, which is a first and a... And a pick, mm-hmm. unless you know that you can lock them in long term. Now you've got a different conversation. Now you've got a more of a hockey trade. Right. But if you're Bo Horvat now and you're thinking about rental, you don't go back past a first and a pick because you're just renting the guy for 30 games. Yeah. You don't blow your brains out for any of them. Do you think if they don't sign Willie next summer, they'll talk about trading him before is, the season? Do not the... let assets like this walk out and burn you like Johnny Hockey did for Calgary. That is a major lesson learned. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I just feel like if you don't have Willie under contract next summer, I still think you got to go into the season, see how things are going, if he's playing well, what his numbers look like, you know, and keep trying. And if if you think you have a – you lose in the second round here – and you think you can win a Stanley Cup the following year, you take the chances of him walking out the door for nothing then? Yes. Consider it, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, part of this for me is... Uh, to me, uh, with, with all the assets you've lost the last uh, three, four years trying to chase this thing, yeah. I think it's crazy you would let but, Willie Nylander I mean, walk out the door for nothing. You're not going to compare him to the other guys that walked out the door. It's a different situation, right? Like, he is part of the core four here. None of the other guys are part of the core four. Yeah, know? Hymans as close as it got. For sure. You know, the, like, it's just, you're not going to... Oh, you're, I don't know. Willie's moving, boys. He's trending up. There's He's a, trending up. He has turned himself into a, a major player here for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And there is arguments to say, outside of Mitch Marner's uh, consecutive streak, Willie's going toe-to-toe for him for being the best player this season. He's been great. He's been great, no doubt about it. And that's... You know, I think that's part of why people are frustrated. We're having this conversation instead of just standing up and going like this. But let them but, get at that on another bogus podcast. <laughs> There's plenty of those. Yeah. Hey, listen, I get it. I, I understand. These are real I see conversations what... happen by real people that are close to the team. I see them seeing this coming too. I do know just that Kyle loves the Lou Lamarillo. You have time, use it. I don't know and if they're going to rush or so jump the he, gun. He's Although eligible July. Riley, they jump the gun. He's eligible July 1 with Matthews. Yeah. But everybody's talked Matthews and no one's talked about Willie. Well, yeah, I think they're probably both going to sign a contract on July 1st. The least. It's going to be fascinating. Great drama for the... Will our show still be on the air no, July? But we're doing an emergency podcast. We are 100% doing a midsummer pod. <laughs> From the course. Yeah. Should we talk about hockey? Well, Sure. I don't even, what, what's the point? They're going to lose all their stars. No. I mean, there's no point to even talk about no, the team. No, because. <laughs> is, uh, I, don't even, I don't even feel like watching is, hockey anymore. No, this is a good game tonight, guys. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a good matchup for both teams. This one is not Anaheim. It's not just another team, one of those, one of those bad teams that we're 
talk about this Rangers is, have just beat the Devils, the Avs, the Golden Knights, and the Blues before four. this game. So four th- good teams. They're good teams. Uh, it's funny though. I think in those four games, they probably uh, from from your world analytically, they have not been great. They give up some quality scoring yeah. chances again. Shesterkin's playing better, so it's those last four games probably have a, a bit of a a look that they had a lot last year. Yeah, well, and it's funny because the games before that they lost to Chicago, they lost to Ottawa. Like you know, they definitely they're back to their old tricks, which is getting great goaltending and, and good finishing. Beating the Devils is uh, obviously no small feat this season. Not many teams have done that, so big challenge for the Leafs here tonight. Okay, we're going to the most famous arena in the world, Madison Square Garden. With our good buddy Luke Fox taking in the morning skate. How's the vibe in Broadway, Luke? It's fantastic. I, I you must have loved living here, Nick. Like I I really get um uh, uh, energy jolt when I'm in this city. I love this city. So it's a bit it's a bit drizzly here now, but uh, I don't think it's as bad as, as it is in Toronto. But uh the Leafs are very loose, they're feeling good. I was talking to Mark Giordano for a for a story, and he was talk- I was asking him about um, how uh, score the quality of scoring chances are up league wide at like an all time high, and he was explaining why that was, and he was like, "It's because uh, you have so many skilled players." And he and he said, "Like a Michael Bunting will come through and, and just beat you one on one," and it was because Bunting was walking past, and so Bunting started laughing, and Geo started laughing, and the the mood around these guys is you know, night and day from where it was at the end of October. It's, it's really something to see. Did, uh, did the team check out, uh, Bunting's got a, a cover on a magazine. Uh, is that, Does have he? you seen it? Oh no, I don't know about this. Oh what, yeah. What? He's got this huge spread uh, and he's just looking like, uh, uh, a gazillion dollars. What magazine? Uh, without escrow. I'll find it. I don't know. I'll, I'll find it at the break. But uh, okay. somebody put him on a cover, and he's he's got the all GQ look. All yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll have yeah, to check it yeah, out. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll get a. I'll get uh, the name of the magazine. Make I didn't it recognize it. <laughs> all right. We'll check Toronto. I think the pictures Toronto were colored. Life. Hey, um, just in terms of now, uh, the goaltending situation. Murray goes in tonight. Facing a guy like Shesterkin, uh, th- this could be the, uh, the the biggest test of the year, I think, for Matt Murray. Yeah, no, I, I think it will be. And, um, you know, even though he, he came away with a win, that performance against the Calgary Flames was the first one you could say that, you know, he didn't bring his A game. Like, he, he, looked, he looked shaky that game. He hadn't looked like that since the opener before he got injured at the Bell Centre. So... Uh, when you look across uh, the stall, or actually the stall right next to you, and you see a guy who's just pitched back-to-back shutouts, and uh, th- there's a bit of internal competition brewing, I think Matt Murray's a proud guy, and I think we're going to see a-, a much better performance from him. From him. Yeah, that's uh, that would be good. You know, it, it's you worry about the decline after seeing such a similar season from Jack Campbell last year, starting awesome, and hopefully he's able to bounce back ably here. Um, looking at some of the other positions for this team right now, one guy I'm interested still kind of getting some love from his coach Connor Timmins, still in the lineup, finding his footing a little bit. You know, when Jamie Ben, get, sorry Jordy Ben, gets healthy, what are the expectations for what is going to happen here? Do you think Timmins is a guy who they want to see stick consistently in the lineup? 
Yeah, I mean, um, he's the right shot, right? And, and I think that goes a long way to help balance out pairings. Uh, and I, I honestly, I think the organization would like to have some some depth. Well, they have the depth when everyone's healthy, but also have some flexibility so that if someone isn't playing well, they're not just forced to, to play the six they got. So some internal competition to stick in the lineup, I think, uh, would be great. And also, you know, Sheldon Keith has shown a tendency to uh, adjust his lineup according to the opponent. So if you're playing a, a bit, maybe a, a slower, more rugged team, maybe Ben goes in. Um, and if not, you got you got Timmons. But this is a, a nice little development. I mean, this is the silver lining, right, of what happens when a guy like Morgan Riley comes out. Um, you know, that your middle-class defensemen start getting harder assignments and getting more minutes. And a guy like Timmons, who'd probably be on the outside looking in or playing with the Marlies or something, um, gets his footing with his new team in, in the NHL. Uh, and, you know, it's great to, to have that. I'm sure it did wonders for his confidence to pick up a bunch of points against that really crappy Anaheim Ducks team. But to see your name on the scoreboard, um, start feeling part of the team, uh, I think it's a great sign. And they're sheltering him a little bit, or not sheltering, but like couching him a little bit by partnering him with T.J. Brody, who's probably their most pure, um, dependable, pure defender. Um, so, you know, he's set up nicely to, to succeed with the Leafs right now. Um, I really like that partnership. Uh, it makes it kind of an easier transition for him. And, uh, yeah, he's just one of a, a number of kind of nicer stories down the bottom of the lineup. Pontus Holmberg's another one. All right, well, listen, uh, we found that article for you, Luke. Uh, okay. My crack team here uh, discovered, what is it, JB? Glory. It's called Glory. Glory Sports Glory. is the, uh, yeah, the Instagram account. Bunting, the previous editions were Alec Manoa, Christine Sinclair, some, some fine company the man is keeping with the subhead of how the Toronto Maple Leafs player made his journey back There you home. go. Well, listen, enjoy that and see if you can get a couple of sound bites after the game on on the uh, photo shoot uh, with glory. <laughs> okay, I'll buy, Thanks I'll for doing this. Thanks, Luke. Thanks. All right, take care, boy. See ya. Look at See, this that's... kid. Look at this what he's got on here. He's look, look at the Twitter logo all over him, basically. No, is birds. it? Well, it's not actually Twitter, but it's he's just doves. got a bird suit. Uh, right? What a pigeon. Oh, hey. that's a nice little leather jacket. Like the there. shoes he's jacket. Hey, only in Toronto, right? I love it. I hey. love it. Like, were we, like, a year ago, two years ago, we see uh, Mikheyev with a national uh, <laughs> Campbell soup, Campbell soup commercial. Because hey. he one time in an interview was like, <laughs> what, I like what soup. Are the, what are they the, were like, the man loves hey, soup. You think he's getting a, uh, that commercial in Vancouver? <laughs> no. Soup man. Not a chance. Well, they got to go to a final. Maybe he'll get another commercial. <laughs> uh, let's go to Sheldon Keep for our first uh, Kippers Clipper on being in the Big Apple. Derek, you got that one for me? Beautiful time of year, beautiful city. Uh, walking around last night is uh, is terrific. But uh, you know, wake up here today and it's game day, so you just sort of, for me, uh, walk into the city or walk into the arena. Excuse me, through the city is is great. And we'll walk back to the hotel, but other than that, it's it's game day, and we'll just focus on what's going to happen on the ice. You know how we talk about Ontario guys coming in here and having that extra juice. Oh, extra right, juice in Leafs. New York City, huh? Ah, oh, the the boys will be bringing it tonight. I gotta tell you, you like the juice, huh? Ah, you like the juice. No, no better place to be yeah. at Christmas time than Manhattan. No. And they've got some wives, maybe some girlfriends there that made the trip. They yeah. want to go. They want to go out. <laughs> the for juice a nice, is good. Eh? They want to go out for a nice dinner after the game. Yeah. Maybe a couple of cocktails. 
That's hey. Does that not take away from the juice a little bit? The hockey juice? It's no. The hockey, no. No. This is the maturity of saying that's our carrot. Mm-hmm. You want to really enjoy it? Win. Yeah. Okay. We're still going to do it, but it won't be as fun with so, a loss. It's truly, truly makes a huge difference. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, it does. Good, great place to wander around. A little snowfall goes a long way. Yeah, I've only I've only been to New York once in my life. Yeah, that was, that's got to be a the next holiday to do list. I know you're going to somewhere warm and sunny this year for Christmas. That I sounds am. pretty good too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There you go. Uh, where do you guys want to go? Angville Camp. Connor Timmons, you brought up. You want to hear a soundbite on? Yeah, let's talk about Connor Timmons. Connor, Connor. All right, let's go, Connor. Connor. Well, I think Connor, looks Connor. impressed. He plays with his head up and is looking to make a play, looking to find a stick to get it to, whether that's to, to pass it on breakouts or regroups and, and move it up the ice or look at the play he made to Mitch in the first period of the other night in the offensive zone. Just, uh, you know, a lot of defensemen are just going to kind of lower their head and pound it towards the net but he gets his head up surveys the ice and finds a stick that gets it to Mitch and Mitch does the rest there so I like that part of it uh, his head's up and he's making plays um, he's defended well you know he's, he's, a, he's got good size good stick and uh, a, you know a body that can get in the way um, I think just to me, it's just about more game reps and, and uh, experience playing the league. He's had a lot of disruptions over his short uh, pro career and trying to get him as, as involved as we can here through this stretch while we're dealing with our own injuries. But uh, he's done well, and we want to continue to give him opportunity to, to keep, keep taking it to another level and adding different layers to his game. A lot of disruptions to his pro career up to this point, Sheldon Keefe notes. Concussions? Yeah. Healthy. Just uh, stay healthy. That was uh, yeah. that's the number one thing. That's why he's not in Arizona anymore. He just couldn't stay healthy. Uh they run out of patience on a guy like that. Mm-hmm. And then you get a, a fresh attitude out of Kyle that says, We'll give you another chance to stay healthy. That feels like the type of guy that you go seek out and say, Man, this is a guy who has had disruptions, who was highly touted. If he can just get a run of hockey going here, maybe we can find, you know, it yeah. can be found money for yeah. us. And uh, that, uh, was, uh, Luke said right handed shot, uh, a, a bigger body, but just there's no physicality to his game. That's the only kind of wish list for, sure. for me is that that's just another guy that I think I can go and run. Yeah. No, I, I, it's very possible. He definitely, I don't want to say he's hesitant, but yeah, it's just not part of his game. Yeah. It's not an element that he has. So, yeah. And I think that's tonight, guys, this is where I look at the New York Rangers and, you know, particularly on that blue line, uh, Truba, not having a great season with the puck, but still as dangerous as anyone, mm-hmm. uh, open ice hitter, physicality of him, Lindgren, uh Keandra Miller not as physical probably as a lot of people would like but can yeah and will uh on occasion uh who am I missing Schneider you seen that guy Brady with the Rangers Schneider, is it? yeah I wouldn't sleep on that guy either yeah so I, I think I think a, a game like tonight might give Kyle and Brendan and even Sheldon probably a better feel for what they still may need mm-hmm. than anything that they've seen in you know against a team like Anaheim. Yeah, and I do think that, you know, they've probably been aware of it, but it hasn't really come up this much since the Philadelphia incident that you've seen sort of that lack of edge that, you know, that yeah. they don't have because all they do is win and they don't need to get in that sort of stuff right now. Um, 
I do love the the, the games around Christmas, though. Always have a special vibe, and you're right. I think I think good uh, good pace coming tonight. All right, we got a few other clips. Do you want to hear him talk about the point? Oh, go ahead, Sammy. I just have a classic. We're talking about sports media conversations. Yeah, is tonight a potential goalie controversy tipping point to you? If Murray's no good, no, no, okay. no, not till after Saturday night. That's what I was gonna say. Okay, who's Saturday, Saturday is Samsonov. Yeah. If, if, yeah. So Murray, whatever they lose tonight, I don't know how bad he has to be or whatever. Say they lose tonight and he's not great. They're down five two. Samsonov goes into um, his former against his former team in Washington. They win, and then what are we talking? What are we talking about on Monday? You know what we're talking about Monday? Mm. Matt Murray starting against Tampa Bay on Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. All right. Yeah, that's why I asked but, the but question. But I will say, you know, once we are at the beginning of a, you know, the, the potential's there. If there's a couple of bad games for him where you start to go, are well, we sure about because two games for him, one for him? As thing? we've proven to social media, we need something to talk about. Well, we quite literally do but, need something yeah. to talk about. But let's let, give let's just say for about. argument's sake, Matt Murray gets blown out tonight. Yeah. And Samsonov has a strong game. Maybe beats Ovi, shuts him down. Mm. Still, Matt Murray start Tuesday yeah. night, boys. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't let a guy build up that many chips just to crap all over him. Yeah, you I, lose a couple. Listen, I'm not saying, I'm not saying with the coaching staff and with the people, you know, with general manager Kyle Dubas and everybody, but it's, I think it's already starting to. Samsonov's a likable guy. He's a really likable guy. We play his clips. Fans seem to like him. People gravitate towards that kind of guy. That's That's a nice warm-up for me, yeah. Like, he's played really well. He's got a – he's definitely got a sexier style in net. You know, he kind of flies around a little bit more athletic. Like, to me, there's a chance here for fans to be a little bit – like, I just – I can – They may pick their horse, but – the 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 odor of a goalie controversy to me is starting to hit my but nose. But you know what? I don't think it happens in a situation like this where the Leafs are where they are. They're currently there in terms of goal differential, third best team in the NHL. They're way up there in points percentage. In the division, it's not like they're trying to make playoffs. Goalie controversies happen when you're like, we need to ring every point we can oh, that's, that's fair. get the 100%. right guy every night. Right now, like, you have the luxury of going, yeah, Murray lost three in a row, but, you know, we, we're going to let him play through it. They're in a good spot now. They've they've earned the right to avoid the goalie controversy. They're eight points up See, right I, now. I'm going to play the— Seven up on Tampa Bay. I'm, I'm going to play the opposite side that there will not—it's been set up to set up those conversations, though. Hundred percent, for sure. So if you want to flip nights, if, yeah. If it does happen, despite what you say, yeah, it's because it was laid out that way. Hey, hey, guys, come on in. Uh, best man wins, and let's let's giddy up and go. For sure. But if it's the other way around, and you're saying it's Matt's net, no matter what, he's the starter, and Matt's garbage. Uh, eventually, yeah. people are going to go. Oh, excuse yeah. me. Uh, question in the back. Why is it Matt's net? You know, it's going to happen regardless yeah. if one guy's not playing well. And what they've never, they've never really, you really established anybody as a, a true number one. So You're right that they're definitely like we prefer the guy who has another year on his contract. They've they've left it uh, in a way where a couple of bad starts would naturally push mm-hmm. the other guy forward. Do you think there's a chance they would sign if Samsonov's good for like another month here that they would sign him before the season ends, or do you think regardless that's a summer decision? 
I guess you got to see everyone else's contract first. Yeah, just uh, tell me uh, if if you're the agent for Samsonov right now, and I don't even know who that would be, but I bet you, you know, it's Stan Milstein. You're, you're at uh, <laughs> a decent guess. You're <laughs> you're, you're a week uh, out of Christmas, and you've got the best save percentage and the best goals against average. Right, let's hear your offer. Uh, you, yeah, what'd you offer to Jack Campbell last year at this his time? We'll take is, that. His agent's Don Meehan. Don Meehan, okay. I, this time last year, I, you would have thought that if they would have come out of the gate and gone around four for Jack Campbell, it could have got done. Right? Yeah. Thank God it did. But then he got better, and then the number went between five and six. And we yeah, know, just move on. We know where it went on. <laughs> but so tell me something. What would you, you're Kyle Dubas right now, and you, you want to get ahead. You're hedging, yeah. right? Yeah. You're, you're going for it. I, I've seen enough. I've seen enough up until Christmas. I want you around for the next three or four years. What are you offering Samson on? I'm offering him the chance to play for the rest of the season yeah. and earn another NHL contract. <laughs> Bingo. Okay, there you I'm go. Not, you I, threw it out there, not yeah, me. Yeah, no, I know. There is absolutely no way I'm going long-term with him. No. Just zero shot. You have to keep him hungry. Like, this is what, I think this is part of the, you know, they're, every time they get a chance to talk about him, right? Boys, they're like, Oh, he's bought in completely. Mm-hmm. He's he, everything so we've he's so given committed to, him, to it. All of a sudden, he's get, got a six-year yeah, deal. It's like maybe <laughs> let's just play off that part of it where he's committed and hungry and looking for a contract, as opposed to giving him what he wants. Eventually, though, you gotta like say yes to somebody, and you gotta. Yeah, you got Matt Murray next year, and then you can bring in another goalie reclamation project that they do every year. Here that, comes Aiden yeah. Hill. To me, like honestly, to me, you can't making up names. I like Samsonov, and he's been a, it's been a wonderful start to the season here, but I've seen the other side of it with him. We've seen how it goes downhill pretty quickly. You cannot yeah. commit after any length of time here. Yeah, yeah just but, move on. <laughs> and, and Samsonov's just on the one-year deal at 1-6. Yeah. yeah, whatever, somewhere in there. That's a pretty good position. It is. Um, before we get to break so we don't, we're not late for Messier, do you want to hear Keith on trying to tie the Leafs' point streak as a yes. team? Good. Yes, and how many is that? It's got 15 in a row right now. Cool. I know. You know, we've, we've done good things to put ourselves in a good spot. I think, uh, you know, you don't aspire to reach any sort of milestone or record or anything like that. You're just trying to give yourself a chance to win every game you play. Uh, fundamentally, as a coach, I believe... Uh, I, I believe we can win every game. Um, so no matter what's happening, that's my approach, and that's how we go about it. No matter who's in or out of the lineup or what's happening in the schedule, you go in and prepare to win every game. Today is is just another game for us to continue to build on the things we've been doing. All right. That's his story, and he's sticking to it. Well, the yeah. least record is 16 games in a row. They yes, can tie sir. it tonight. From November 22nd to December 26th, 2003. 14-0-2 and 16 oh, games played. One record. I can't well, keep up with all the records. That's what I was just going to That's what I was just gonna say. Do you ever think how sick Keith is of being like, oh, yeah, we set the record for points last year. Mitch Marner set the least record. Matthew's record. And then he's like, did you record. guys fire how, me how, a month ago? No, oh, no. How about the first round out of that? That, how about that instead of all these records? Like, he would trade in every oh, yeah. one of these stupid records that, like, okay, hey, they're not stupid, I should say. Monster. Matthew six Just believe, buddy. Believe. I also think. Well, no, because of Gary, we're just on a death march to play a seven-game series against the, uh, the, the Lightning. I don't believe in do anything. You, do you think that these guys look at the six first round in a row and they really resent the first couple years? Because, like, you can't really say it was their team then, can you? Like, when it was. I, I think the first two years with 
when Babs. they lost when they lost to Babs and Bozak and JVR and when they Kadri lost to the and... Caps when they took them to six games the year the Caps won the the cup yeah it was an incredible year we got a break here and then the next year with Boston was another really close series where they went to seven games but then after that it's kind of it's like, on them yeah okay yeah, anyways. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and come back with the six-time Stanley Cup champion, ESPN analyst, and the guy that gifted me a Stanley Cup ring, Mark Messier. After the break, you're watching, listening to Real Kipper and Born. This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Justin Bourne, Nick Kiprios, we're back. New York Rangers, Toronto Maple Leafs. Get a hold of Mark Messier and bring him in. But uh, in the meantime, I was talking, JB, about uh, the challenges that I see uh, that the Rangers could uh, present to the Toronto Maple Leafs. One Mm -hmm. of them is that uh, the Rangers are a physical team. And I know the decision to let Ryan Reeves go, and we've seen what Ryan Reeves has meant to the Minnesota Wild with a huge hit last night. We'll talk about that a little later on. Yeah. Um, but do you have? Uh, is is there somewhere you can go quickly on a team with the most hits this year? Find that. Yep. With the Rangers, uh, the Rangers, and I, I don't know what the number is, but they to me would be a top five team. You know, right I'm- now. Fairly efficient at said thing. Hits. Here you go. Tops in the league. Rangers are third most hits in the NHL. There you go. Wow. Behind just Hold two. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to take a crack at this because oh. I don't know the list. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Boston. Uh, Boston is not one of the two. Boston is 12th. Oh, Where do you think are. the Leafs are? Uh, believe it or not, I think they're closer to the top 10. Uh, from what I've seen the last three weeks, it feels like they're, they're you know, I mean, there might be a few bummy checks. Do they count? <laughs> they're bummy... dead in the middle, Kipper. They're 16th okay, in they're the 16th. NHL. Okay, yeah. I thought they could have been like 12th or 11th. One of the teams ahead of the Rangers is Brian Burks. Oh, yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, and the other team? Is... Oh, West? No, but... East. Uh, East, very close to the one we just discussed. <laughs> In uh, Washington. No, it's uh, John Tortorella's team. Philly. Oh, really? Yeah. Philly and Pittsburgh running into people out there. Islanders are in the top five. You know who's in the top five? Ottawa. The Ottawa Senators. Senators, by the way, on a bit of a run. I think they're seven and three in their last ten. But you wrote them off. Uh, did I? I wrote the Canucks off for sure. Did I write Ottawa off? Probably. Sounds like something I would do. Flames run into people a lot. Anyway, least hitting team in the league is the Devils and the Sabres. Sabres? That's surprising. Did uh, did Ryan Reeves leaving the New York Rangers kind of surprise you after kind of the the whole thing with Tom Wilson? And yeah, a that's few like why years they changed ago? over their front office, wasn't it? That they didn't have enough toughness in the lineup. That pretty much cost uh, Jeff Gordon and. John Davidson, their job, wasn't you know, it? Yeah, they got Sammy Blaze in the deal that they got hoodwinked on. Um, but, yeah, their D is pretty physical. I, I guess I'm a little surprised they they moved on from him, but it sounded like he wanted to move on. Still waiting to see Lafreniere find his stride there a little bit in New York, but he's on that kid line with Heedle and Kako. They're getting do think, better. Do you think Trocek's starting to feel a little better there? It was a big decision 
to go get him. The decision of letting uh, uh, Ryan Strom leave, he went on to sign with Anaheim. Yeah. There seemed to have been some good chemistry between Strom and Panarin. Mm -hmm. But uh, they went out and got what we thought was, I don't know, more physical Trochik. Yeah. Yeah. I I think he is getting more comfortable and I think he's a good player for them. You know, looking at this team though, you mentioned their physical, you mentioned their D being good. To me, it just comes down to how Shesterkin's going to play. You know, he started the season looking pretty average, just pretty average in the first couple of months in December. So far, he's in nine twenty six. You know, he's starting to look like the guy of old. That to me is where this team is going to make their hay. Should okay. We, should we talk about the Reeves hit? Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about Ryan Reeves killing Hronick? Did you get a sense that it was a split on how people felt that this hit was? Or was it just a small group that just continued to want to get big hits out of the game? I I mean, it's a great barometer for, you know, maybe not the best barometer. But I see people talking about a lot on Twitter. I had a lot of people talking to me. And there were a few of my friends that were kind of, you know, it's a iffy, iffy, fifty-fifty play. But to me, I've watched it I mean, like a million times. <laughs> Maybe that makes me bloodthirsty. But I just, I love hits like that, okay. and they just never happen anymore. So, outside of whether or not we thought the 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 hit was clean or not for one second here, mm. we know how you feel. Like mm. that 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 hit doesn't make you squirm. It doesn't. You. It's just part of what you think that you're signing up for when you're watching. To me, yes, exactly right. If he is a National Hockey League player skating full speed up the center of the rink with, and he looks back inexplicably with the puck on his stick and Ryan Reeves is on the ice, like, there's, it's a, it's a big hit. The guy was hurt. But, like, you have to be somewhat aware of who's on the ice and your surroundings yeah. and the situation, no? Like, you, you can have a debate about... You don't like hits like that, and so we need to change the you know the rules for sure. Hit like that, but as the rules are constructed, that's a brilliant hit. Yes, there's a man skating straight down the because center of the ice with a hockey puck. We have Reeves on if, his hit. If you want to hear, yes, him I do. If you it. can't hit that guy, who can you hit? And I he plowed him. Honestly, like he he locked eyes with me, and like I saw him look at me, and then he just kind of turned his head and held onto the puck. So I, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I, know, I hope he's okay, but. You got to know when I'm on the ice, and definitely don't skate at me like that. <laughs> I pretty what, much summed what, it up. What did you think? <laughs> what did I think? My 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 first instinct is to go back and look at uh, Heronik's body position just prior to the hit, and I if he's got just a, a fraction of his back foot on the ice, that's it. He had left himself so wide open and so vulnerable. The most I can remember any player doing it. And it's not like there's a rule that says if you see a vulnerable player, you cannot hit him. There's no rule in the rule book that says that. Some onus on yourself to protect yourself. When when, when you see how, how unprotected he left himself, then... You know, that's not on Ryan to like, stop dead in his tracks. And hug him. Like, and say, uh, and, and there's no time for him to get out of the way. Yeah. I mean, once you're committed to it, 
Well, There's you, just no chance that you can hit the brakes. It's also part of how he makes his living is being a physical presence. He's thinking that way in particular. If you want Ryan Reeves to just take the puck from Hronik in that situation, then you want the league to be totally different. than it. You're, you want the league to be a different sport to me. And when that's fine, that's not a terrible thing if yeah. you would like hockey to be a non-contact league. But as long as you can hit people to separate them, intimidation is a huge part of this game. Huge part. And that's a chance to send an intimidation, intimidating message. And I don't know, boy, coming down the middle on the Rangers, or sorry, on on the wild, you got to think twice. Okay, as promised, uh, Mark Messier will join us uh, now. Hey, Moose, thanks for doing this, man. I I know you're a busy guy. I mean, you're on the the Ovechkin circuit, are you not? I got caught on the uh, West Side Highway with rainy in New York traffic. There's so a story for being, no. uh, being late, but uh, <laughs> we'll wait for you forever, pal. Thanks for doing this. Thank, thanks for having me on. <laughs> um, uh, we know we got the Leafs in, in New York, and I want to get into that. But uh, the other night, uh, watching history, 800 goals, uh, and you were in the booth. You and Chelly, uh, Chris Chelios called the game with Steve Levy, uh, and you were in a, a color situation. So just give me a 6,000-foot a, a uh, view from uh, what you were able to take in that whole night. Well, I think the thing that struck me most and, uh, importantly or impressively was that, uh, you know, we're two and a half years out from from the time that, that everybody's predicting that Alex will break Wayne's record, and the game had a, like... The atmosphere was unbelievable. It was like a prize fight. And, of course, Gordie Howe was uh, within reach going into that uh, night. He didn't quite get there, but he did get the 800. But uh, there was a different energy in the rink for sure. And I don't know if it was just me and Chelly a little nervous going in to do the color position, which uh, is very difficult. But uh, it was was great to see. And uh, Alex didn't... uh, didn't disappoint. Uh, Washington's playing great right now. Came out, scored early. And uh, I think the thing that really kind of was uh, emotional or impressive for me was uh, when he took a curtain call and the, and, the, and, the, and the crowd, the Chicago crowd, actually threw their hats on the ice and gave him a standing ovation. And it was really an amazing moment for hockey in general. And, you know, think about three people that have ever played the game to reach that 800 goal level there uh incredible accomplishment uh and uh wow what a night for hockey mark you've obviously seen uh firsthand the the way that wayne went about scoring his 892 goals in the nhl and now you're seeing alex in his whole career as he hits 800 and works towards gretzky's record what are your thoughts on the differences there's obviously clear differences in the way they've gone about it but what do you think about the, the their playing styles and just how different they've gone about achieving their big totals well, Chelly said it best on the on the telecast the other night is that, you know, the the thing that I think strikes everybody about Alex is that, you know, he scored 800 goals, and when he, when he scores, he still gets as excited as he did in the first goal. He has a passion yeah. to play the game. He has a passion to score goals. He's driven to score goals, and I, I don't think I've ever played with a more driven person to be successful than Wayne. Um, you know, in practice, he was ultra competitive. He worked hard in practice uh, on the ice early, off the ice late. Uh, you know, if he got one goal early, uh, you know, it was it was trouble because, you know, my dad used to say he, once he got the bit in, the mouth, in his mouth, there was no stopping him. Um, and, and Wayne made you play 60 minutes. Uh, you know, he was going to try to score no matter what the score was. And, um, but I think it's the overall just 
sheer passion for the game that if, if you had to compare the two, that that would be it. Uh, obviously, the styles are completely different. Uh, the way they score, the size of, of, of each player physically, but um, the passion and, 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 and the drive to score goals was very similar. You know, Mark, when uh, uh, we also look at uh, when when Sid and Ovi came in the league together in 2004, 2005, and, and this is not to diminish Ovi in any shape or, or, or way, uh, but it almost seems like every other year they were creating new rules to open up the game and to to give these guys an opportunity to shine. And uh, I certainly look at our era where it was just, hey, uh, you know, if someone wants to ski behind you with a hook or yeah. interfere or, you know, all the things that you needed to do to fight through and score goals, it's, it is still quite remarkable what, uh, what Wayne and, and you and many others have been able to do to get those totals up. Yeah, you're right. I think, you know, the game does evolve. It does change. And I think for the better, I think we got into a place, uh, you know, not long ago, you know, maybe 2000, mid late 90s, 2000s, where the game might have became a little bit too stale. Um, you know, not enough offense, too much, uh, you know, of the hooking, holding. It didn't display or showcase the incredible speed and and skill that, that the players have. And, and I think... You know, if you look at it just pure from an entertainment standpoint, hockey is the most, in my opinion, anyway, is the most entertaining live action sport there is uh, with the speed, uh, you know, the the body contact, uh, the skill of, uh, you know, skating 25, 30 miles an hour, balancing on razor edges and stick handling. And, you know, as you, you see McDavid and the young players and the skill that they play with. So I think from that standpoint, yeah, there have been some rule changes, but I think the rule changes have only made the game better in some ways. Um, you know, I, I, I do miss some of the, some of the, or I do get frustrated at time with some of the calls that we all look at and, you know, and say that would never be a, a, a penalty, you know, 20 years ago, but you know what, it's not 20 years today. Uh, there's the, the rules are in there for, for a reason. And, and uh, I, th- I think, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, when you played, when Gordie Howe played or Rocket Richard or Wayne Gretzky or Mary Lemieux or, you know, now Sid and Ovi, to to put the kind of numbers and, and statistics that they've put up, uh, they've earned, uh, the, you know, it, it, that doesn't come easy. And um, it's just been amazing for the – if you just look at those two players when they came in the league, you know, what they've meant for the league, you know, how – lucky both organizations franchises are to get two generational players that franchise players that can you know change the trajectory of of those franchises and how lucky they've been uh you know my hat's off to them um and i would never use uh, rules or anything as an excuse for what we did or couldn't do or what they've been able to accomplish or what they couldn't uh, they, they they've they've earned it uh, through hard work and sure determination Mark, I want to ask you about uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is a you know a team that has had a lot of success here, going back to November 11th. And and most specifically, I want to ask about the thing that you know you've got your name on a trophy for leadership. Um, you know th- this is a Leafs team that has a ton of success, regular season success yet again, yet hasn't been able to get over the hump. I look at the core of this team, and you've got John Tavares, and you've got the superstars that have been drafted, and Marner Matthews and Nylander. 
you know, are, do you think it's on a guy like Tavares to step up and be a leader? Can he pull them through? Do they have to have leadership collectively as a group? Like sometimes when you come up against a challenge like this first round sort of hurdle they're, they're, they're coming up against, they, they just need a little boost. And does it have to come from that one guy or can it come from the group? Well, I think it has to come from the group for sure. I mean, I, I look at all the years that we were able to win in Edmonton and how many leaders we had in that dressing room, quiet leaders, vocal leaders, uh, leaders that led by example, leaders that that uh, knew how to conduct themselves off the ice, how to manage the press. I mean, uh, then coming to New York and ultimately the team that we had in New York and, you know, he, you know, someone just wrote a book called "No One Wins Alone." I'm not sure his name, but <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it's so but it's so true. And leadership is the same thing. Uh, you need leadership from everybody, and everybody's got to feel part of that leadership. And of course, there's going to be some young, younger guys that with not as much experience or not sure what to do at certain times. But then everybody fills in. And um, you know, if when you when you talk about the Leafs. Uh, you know, there's plenty of leadership on the Leafs team now. They they've been through some war. They got some scar tissue. Uh, they've had some failures, which only, you know, should make you more determined. But ultimately, when you talk about the core, yeah, the core is is incredibly important, and you can't win without an amazing core. But you also can't win without an amazing group of role players. And I, you know, take my hat off every day to the players in Edmonton and New York that we won with like Kipper, like Mike Hudson, like the guy, great, uh, or Eddie Olchek, uh, Doug Lidster. I mean, the, 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 the names go on and on and on. Those are the guys oftentimes that uh, will take a, a great core that's good enough players with the experience and put them over the top. And um, and so I think oftentimes that part of a team and, and that Team chemistry gets overlooked when you talk about a team, is a team good enough to win, and uh, and I certainly know the importance of players like that, and uh, thankful that I was surrounded by great character players that understood their role and and did their role willingly, and did a great job doing it. You know, you bring up an interesting point when you talk about like knowing whether or not you think you might have the right role players to win a Stanley Cup and whether or not you need to make changes. And we were humming along in 94 as a top team, yet we made, I think, six or seven changes, Mass. I'll never forget that feeling in Calgary uh, before the trade deadline. And it's like, oh, my God, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. Who's Brian Noonan? Who's Stefan Matteau? And just the major changes. And I'm just wondering now, Mess with the hockey that you're watching today compared to like our era and and you're an evaluator like a Kyle Dubas is the gap between what we see in the regular season and what goes on in the playoffs so great that it's harder to judge for him what you need now opposed to when we played I I I I don't think the recipe for winning has changed that much even though the game has evolved in so many ways and the rules have changed in so many ways. I still think if you look at the past champions, uh, St. Louis, Boston, back in when, when they won, the teams that have gone, um, you know, Tampa Bay, uh, the smallest uh, defenseman on Tampa Bay was was uh, Brian McDonough, who's 6'2", 225. Um, you know, size does matter in the playoffs. Heaviness does matter in the playoffs. Now, of course, you have to have the skill to go along with it, but when you're talking about two months of grueling hockey, 
wearing down, leaning on people, and, and teams trying to lean. Because, Kipper, you know better than that. The first thing you try to do is take the will to win away from the team that you're playing against. And how are you going to do that? And that's by, you know, uh, ground and pound. Uh, you, you, you ground and pound. You slowly and, and methodically, you know, take the starch out of the other team if you can. And, uh, and, and then to be able to do it, rinse and repeat for two months every other day. That is not only incredibly demanding physically, but it's incredibly demanding mentally. And if you don't have the kind of team that's able to withstand that kind of pressure that's being put on you and then also deliver that kind of pressure to the other team over two months, then you've then you got problems. So, I mean, there's, that, that's only one element, obviously. But for me, I think, uh, I think size in some of those key positions and some of those depth positions is, uh, is critical. Is for you, just on the outside looking in at the Toronto Maple Leafs, is that the biggest question mark still for this roster, despite all the success that they've had? It could be, you know, Kipper, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, unless you're really, as you know, you know, in the dressing room, you know, with a really up close view of the team and the, and the psyche of the team and, uh, with the team on a day-to-day basis and the grittiness of the team. And it's so hard to look at, you know, watch. I mean, I watch hockey every night. I mean, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's not a day that goes by that I don't watch teams and, and, and see, but you know, it's it, to really put a, a to, for me to go on here and really see what the, where their strengths and weaknesses. I think we all know where their, where their strengths are obviously and where their weaknesses are, I think would be unfair, but I still think that, you know, those qualities that I just talked about uh, is, is one of the ways we won here in New York after 54 years. You look at Jay Wells, uh, you look at our the guys that we traded for at the deadline with Mateau, you know, six foot four, you know, 220 pounds, Brian Noonan, uh, McTavish was gritty. I mean, these guys are role players, but they're heavy and big and strong and tough as nails as, as in their character. So, you know that that you got to have the talent. Believe me, and we did with you know you know Zubov and Leach and Kovalev and Larmer and great players. But you know we also had we also had a lot of grittiness on that team as well. Mark, uh, you know all the great athletes throughout the career. Uh, you know as you get later on, you have success. You hit milestones, right? And we saw we we're talking about OVs earlier in the show. I wanted to get your take on how distracting it is. Mitch Marner is currently in the middle of a point streak. Last year, Matthews chased sixty. You know tonight, the the Leafs are trying to set the franchise record for consecutive points. Did you find those sort of milestones and chases distracting, or did you not think about them much? No, they were they were not distracting. In fact, they were actually uh, galvanizing. I, I think that when you get on a roll, there's nothing better in hockey or in any team sport is when you do get on a roll, and th- th- there becomes so much synergy in the team. Uh, you know, you, you you start kind of doing the same thing. Uh, you know, you warm up the same way. Uh, you know, and your line rushes in, in warm up. Everything becomes really kind of clear and focused and. And um, and and that is just part of an extension of a team that's really kind of playing well at at a certain time. And um, to me, when those and it also kind of elevates the interest and the emotions of the game because of you know when Wayne was chasing the record or you know when he was going for you know f- you know you know 50 goals when he scored in 39 games. We didn't think he was going to score five goals that night, but you know we knew the chase was on and he was going to do it within. The 50 game mark. So 
I think it just kind of elevates the whole feeling around the team. There's more interest around the team. There's more press around the team. And, of course, that just gives the, the team kind of that much more to play for. And, and when you get on a roll like it is, it's, it's, a, it's a great feeling. And, and Marner and the team are feeling it right now, and it's great to watch. Do you know what happened 21 years ago today? Um, we went to Raccoon Lodge. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish I was around, but uh, I was not. Uh, 21 years ago, this day, 2001, you became the third player in NHL history to record 1,800 points. Oh, wow. Do you remember oh, the wow. game I did not at know all? That. Do, do you remember the game at all? That's, Jeez, I don't know if I do. That's, uh, just so that's, many miles. Through, that is like, ah, so cool. <laughs> that is so cool in my eyes that you don't even remember that. That's how great your life has been. That you can't remember that. You beat Buffalo well, someone 4-2. Telecast, someone asked me on the telecast the other day if I remembered uh, the, the milestones, like the 200, 400, 500, 600. And I, I was in two of them. I, I scored a hat trick on my 400th goal and a, and a hat trick on my 500th goal. And they said, you don't remember that? I go, no, I don't remember. I said, there's only one number that I really remember my whole career, and that's number six because of the six Stanley Cups. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> and that's all that matters, man. Well, I was, uh, for me. I, was uh, I was in the game. You scored your 500th, and that was always a magic number in the NHL. Hey, Moose, thanks for doing this, pal. We really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate uh, being on with you guys. Sorry for being late. No, but, no problem uh, anytime, at all. Anytime, Kipper. We'll Thanks for joining you. us. We'll wait for you forever, man. That's how, that's how cool you are. at least till 5 p.m. Yeah, at least till 5 p.m. <laughs> Mark Massey, a Hall of Famer, six-time Stanley Cup champion, doing a terrific job with ESPN. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And the guy that uh, apparently started this whole thing with uh, OV Watch, David Amber, of course, does a terrific job on Sportsnet Monday night. Game of the week for Sportsnet. We got uh, DA after the break. You're watching, listening, Real Kipper and Born. This is Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, the fan. There's no way David Amber's as busy as Mark Massier, so he should not be late at all. For us. Both have a lot on the go. But no. DA's here. This may be, like, I love Mark Messier on our show. Yeah. But this could be my favorite segment coming up here. Let's welcome in David Amber. The uh, the face of Monday Night uh, Sports on Sportsnet. <laughs> I don't know, this is the weirdest intro of all time. Was that good? <laughs> I, you know what? I gotta be honest with you. I gotta be honest with you. They gave me. Sammy gave me this lineup. I screwed. I God. I copy and pasted from last. I he screwed up. I screwed up. Not the first time. Won't be the last, boys. Da, he's got host a hockey night in Canada, and we know you're not there anymore. But you got this terrific show on Monday, and you never told me what the show's name is. I found. So, it, it, can it, you help it, me it out? Rolls off the tongue. Rogers Monday Night Hockey. Yes, yes. Now we got the number one face <laughs> of Monday Night Rogers Hockey. There is that better? <laughs> no. Okay. Rogers, Rogers Monday Night Hockey. 
Chuck. Monday Night Rogers hockey. Do you remember when we worked together and I said anybody could host? I was wrong. <laughs> you told me that almost at the start of every show. Yes. My favorite Kipper story, Justin, you'll love this. Yeah. So we're about to do a segment, and, and we're about to go on, and, and Kipper turns to me and goes, hey, just do me a favor. Just don't talk too much during the segment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he does that with you guys, but he just said, look, just let me do the talking. And I'm like, well, I'm the host, though. I'm supposed to sort of set it up. He's like, no, 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 no. Don't worry about that. I'll take care of that. <laughs> like, oh, man. We do that at the start uh, of every show, actually. You know, yeah. you, know, you know half the stuff I told you. I wasn't that serious, right? <laughs> well, yeah, my therapist says not to take it seriously. So, um, yeah, no, you know, Kipper, we always had a lot of fun. That's what I, and I remember. You have, you have the most uh, infectious laugh of anyone I've ever worked oh, with. Oh, gosh. Uh, that means You're a like, lot to me. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. When you start getting, like, I'm just joking. Shows, you and Elliot and Kelly, we would get so silly, and it was it was a lot of fun. A ton of fun. Uh, yeah. I even pranked you a couple times. I, I I put it on social media. It it went viral. Yeah. We had a absolute blast. So, how much are you enjoying your victory lap around OV? knocking on the door of breaking now Wayne Gretzky's record because we did have that conversation a few years ago. And, uh, you know, quite honest with you, it's not like you said it uh, looking through a piece of glass at his maternity ward when he was born. But, I mean, it was still, it was close. Yeah, well, no victory laps yet. Uh, I mean, I do remember the first time I brought it up, I believe you and Doug McClain... I mean, that was a great sense of laughter. You guys definitely gave it to me. Elliot, I mean, you guys all thought I was an idiot, but he hasn't done it yet. So at this point, I'm still wrong, right? Uh, but it's amazing what he's doing. He's just, he, he doesn't slow down, right? Like, he's on pace for a 50-goal season. There's only been two players his age who've ever scored 40 goals, Johnny Busick and, and Gordie Howe. So a 37-year-old, uh, you know, to just keep up this pace, uh, it, it's amazing, and you know it's sheer power, right? Like it's such a fast game now, and it, it, he's always been a, a solid skater and a powerful skater. But it's he doesn't put pucks around goalies; he still puck, puts pucks through goalies. It's just a sight to see. So, what is the projection, Da? I'm sure you've worked it out. What when when is it happening? Are we two <laughs> seasons away? Three, four? Well, next no, November? No, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're in the, the short strokes here. I mean, I imagine he's good for another twenty. Like conservatively, he's good for another twenty to twenty-five goals this year. Um, so that puts him at eight twenty-five, and then we're you know into the final seventy-five. So imagine not next season, but the, the early in the following year, like in you know November of twenty twenty-four, a little close to two calendar years from now. I assume we'll be having a pretty celebratory conversation surrounding Alice Ovenchkin as the greatest goal scorer. You know, I'll be as bold as to say this, and, and, and P.K. Subban actually said it uh, in the broadcast on Tuesday for ESPN. He said, I don't even know if we're talking about 895 anymore. I think we're actually talking about 1,000. And, and to be honest with you, I think that's a more realistic, wow. you know, new adjustment. And I don't want to get – I mean, listen, 200 goals is not insignificant. That's, that's huge. But, you know, watching OV and how he scores goals – uh, and, and the fact that, you know, no one has been able to game plan against him all these years and still continues to not be able to, 
Uh, and the rules have now changed, as you alluded to earlier with Mark Messier. You know, it's, it's an easier league to score in than it was, you know, during the first 500 of his goals. Leads me to believe he, he certainly could have 200 more in him. And if that's the case, we'll be staring down 1,000. And, and that won't, wouldn't shock me, really. The, the two things I, I can recall that at least went through my mind when we first started talking about Ovi at, uh, at 800 or breaking Gretz's record was, uh, number one, the... Uh, ability or inability to stay healthy. And he's certainly taking care of that. And the other one was, what's the roster going to look like? You know, how mm-hmm. good are they going to be? Are they going to be able to contend? Backstrom uh, is a guy that uh, has this, uh, assisted on more of his goals than anybody, I think. So, And he hasn't been in the lineup. So, I mean, they've had Kuznetsov. They've had some others. But it doesn't really matter for this guy. Didn't I read your article today? It said Nylander will be a capital in two years. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for reading. Uh, (laughs) um, Listen, I I was concerned because Backstrom, there's a lot of speculation. He may never be back. We don't know. He was skating in a a non-contact uniform, uh, you know, in practice last week. So that's a good sign. He's at least getting back on the ice. But, yeah, that to me was one of the factors I had in why I thought he would set the record. It's like he had the, you know, this consummate, you know, point guy with him. Um, uh, the setup man, the way Brett Hall had Adam Oates, and we've seen in other great scores, they've always had that wingman with them. Um, but the fact that he's been able to do it this year in a variety of different ways with a variety of different line mates, you know, has maybe diminished my fear that that would be a problem for him. Um, and, and let's face facts, the one thing, and even to go back to the Yerneylander discussion, I was listening to it, it was interesting. I think the one, the one uh, flaw is not the right word, but the one thing that's not being discussed is, okay, so let's say Nylander did find somewhere else. Okay, so that opens up $6.75 million for you. You're going to get another elite player uh, added to the Leafs lineup. So if he does leave, and if Backstrom does have to retire, they're going to be able to fill those shoes with another elite player. So I, I do think, uh, you know, that's not going to slow down Ovechkin. If nothing else, it'll be his desire. If he has the desire to, to keep going and try and get to 1,000, I think he'll do it, and I'm sure that the team would be right behind him for that. Um, and if he decides after 895, you know, I'm, I've had enough, I'm, I'm done, then then that'll be the situation, I imagine. DA, you've uh, obviously followed the Canadian teams closely this year and previous years. Um, where are they versus your expectations going in? I know we're waiting for that year where you get six Canadian teams in the postseason <laughs> or something, but it does not seem like this is going to be the one. Yeah, Kipper remembers. I, I they called me bipolar Bobby or whatever because I'd be freaking <laughs> out every uh, you know every love Canadian your, team. I, love your passion for the Canadian teams. Me too. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I I still. I don't know what's going on with Calgary. I don't get it. I really don't. And I know that they're not getting elite goaltending, and they had that last year with with Markstrom. But above and beyond that, they seem slower to me. They seem slow to me, and they don't seem dynamic to me. They were way too top-heavy last year with that first line, but they they don't have that spark that I don't know what's going on and whether the messaging has gotten tired or the chemistry has gone south or what, but it's something I don't know how to explain Calgary, and, and it's a bit dumbfounding because I love the individual parts. I love the blue line, and, and I do think they're very deep at forward, but I don't know what the issue is there. You know, the Leafs, let's wait and see, guys. Uh, we, we've been down this road before, but, you know, it's been an incredible stretch for them, and, and I know 
you know, I listen to your show all the time. I, I know they're winning in a way that's totally unexpected, you know, with a, with a battered blue line and with a trio of goaltenders and everything else. But until, you know, they're still staring down either Tampa or Boston. And, and that's so unfortunate because I think in any other division, you have a better shot. But that's such a tough, you know, two teams to have to, you know, stare down. And potentially, like, Boston on the road looks almost impossible at this point. So it's still early. But we'll wait and see. But at least they're playing great. You know, you know, in Winnipeg, if I want to find something on the positive side of the ledger, congrats to Rick Bonus. Hey, like it just seems the guys have the joy back in going to the rink this year. It was gone last year. Paul Maurice left, and he left, you know, probably knowing that maybe things were just spiraling out of control. And Rick Bonus has gone there and done it his way. And it's, I think, just given the guys a sense of purpose, the guys a sense of security, and they seem to be enjoying themselves. And that's that's really one of the great stories in the NHL this year. What the Winnipeg Jets are doing. Yeah, it really you know, is. And then the rest of the we don't know. Like this is this is the uh, salary cap NHL, right? We can have five Canadian teams in the playoffs. We might have two. Who the heck knows? Does that include Vancouver? And can you come up with any reasonable explanation why we're going through uh, what we're going through with the uh, the name uh, Bo Horvat? <laughs> oh my God! See, see, and here's the thing. And again, I'll I'll get you know. Would you rather pay ten million for Bo Horvat or for, for William Nylander? I, you know, whew, I don't know, and I'm, I'm not even sure. You know, it's funny when you throw out ten million. I was like, is William Nylander a ten million dollar player? Last I checked, uh, Jack Eichel's getting paid ten million dollars. Like, when you have a talented, high end, skilled center, I, I view it much differently than a winger. So, you know, you have an eleven million dollar winger in Marner. There's only one other eleven million dollar winger in the league, and that's. And that's um, Panarin, and obviously Pasternak's going to join that group. He'll probably be more. Um, but I, I, you know, or that, wow, um, it is shocking to me. And how I view it now, guys, and maybe I'm simplifying it. Tell me if I'm totally out, out to lunch here. You went and you signed J.T. Miller to that big seven-year deal. Were you choosing J.T. Miller over Bohr or that? Is that what was happening? Because if you did that, that's, that seems like a strange decision. That's yeah. the sense. That's do, the sense do you think I they got. Consciously, were doing that. They they were yes. aware as one of the other. Yeah, they were. From what I had heard, they were kind of playing off uh, who's going to get the contract here. The problem is, is David. They they don't they don't see Bo Horvat as an eighty point guy like the Leafs see Nylander. They see him as a fifty point guy. Well, listen. Do I think Bo Horvat's going to score? He's on pace for fifty two goals, so I think he's going to score fifty two or fifty three, whatever it is. No, I don't see him as a 50-goal scorer. His career previous high is 31. But do I see a guy who leads the league in face-off wins? Do I see a guy with great leadership? He's a captain. Do I see a guy who wears, you know, who drags guys into the fight? Do I see a guy who has all those emotional EQ elements you look for in a guy? Yeah, and that's, there's value in that. I mean, you win, I think, with guys like Bo Horvath, quite frankly. So I don't think it can be strictly just looked at as, well, one guy's going to have 85 points and one guy's going to have 70 points or 65 points. I, I do think there's so much more to the puzzle. You know, like I look at Gabriel Landeskog, and that's the kind of guy you can really build a team around, especially when you have guys like Matthews and Marner. You can bring in a guy like a Landeskog, like a Horvat, that type of player, and I think it's a great complementary piece. So um, I don't want to base it all on skill. I think there's some other intangible in, in things there that I really love in Bo Horvat's game. But I, I think the Canucks have made a mess of this. The fact that it's where it is now with their captain and a guy who's so well-liked, uh, and works his butt off uh, and does all those things. 
And that's not a knock on JT Miller. I think JT Miller is a very good player, but um, it's surprising to me that they would they would kind of go this route with their captain. Yeah, I know uh, Nylander has always been your your favorite player on the Leafs, DA. So I'm I'm sure you're hoping he sticks around for many many years to come. The um, <laughs> the next question, tongue in cheek, a little bit, yeah. All right. um, <laughs> Sometimes I gotta ask him because I'm old. Um, you know, talking about Bo Horvat and the physical element, we we were chatting earlier in the show about. Ryan Reeves hit on Hronik last night. You know, you've watched the NHL, covered it for many years now. Um, what are your thoughts on on how hitting has changed in the NHL? You know, is this something that the game needs more of, less of? Do you miss it from, you know, 20 years ago? Yeah, I mean, I don't miss players getting injured. I don't miss, you know, it's really horrible to see Hronik leave the ice in the fashion he did yesterday. Um, but, yeah, like any fan, I think, out there, you miss the physicality. I think what's happened now is you have guys going at such a fast pace and a lot of them haven't been conditioned to be hit because let's face facts all the way down to junior and minor hockey, the hitting is much less a thing and the skill is much more a thing. Um, guys better have their heads on a swivel. If Ryan Reeves is out there, if Tom Wilson's out there, if, if Radko Gudis is out there, if, if Luke Shen's out there, you better damn well have your head on a swivel or else it might get taken off. And, it's it's crappy that guys are getting injured, but I, I didn't have a problem per se with the hit. I didn't think it was a predatorial hit. I think, and you even heard Derek Lalonde say, you know, Ronick would love to have that one back, right? He went and for some reason he looked backwards with the puck on his stick. I know. And then decided to look forward, and there's a, a train in your tracks. So I yes, I miss the physicality of it. It's a different game, and it's a fun game because it's because it's skilled. But that's one thing you love about the playoffs is guys who aren't generally physical will get physical. And you brought up Nylander. So, you know, I think what, what the thing with Nylander, I think, which can drive some, some people mad in Leaf Nation is, um, you know, we saw what he did in the World Championships after the Leafs got eliminated last year. And he's throwing his body around like a, like a, a real heavyweight. And you kind of go, wow, I'd love to see that passion on a night-to-night basis with the Leafs as well. So I think that's the thing. I think Nylander, he, he's tantalizing with his talent, but sometimes – you just want it on a more consistent basis, which I think is a fair, which is a fair thing to ask. Kind of like Kovalev, right? Like Anson Carter on our show that Kipper hasn't seen on Monday night, Rogers Monday Night <laughs> Hockey, says that Kovalev's the, the best player he's ever played with. You he's know, he said he's talented the most guy. Talented. Yeah, and it was like, wow! Imagine, you know, if he had that that light on every night, what he could be. And I think that's that's somewhat the same take on Nylander. And he's had a great year. This has been his most consistent year by a long shot. So. It's official now on Monday nights. You want big hits. You're fine with big hits as long as they're, they're uh, within the rules and regulations of what we've been accustomed to over the last 40, 50 years. Kipper, I'll take, I'll, I'll forego the hits for your viewership on this upcoming Monday. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah. Sometimes I drive by your house and I watch you. That's, I mean, that's how much I love you. Honestly. So you're, the one with the, you're the one with the binoculars. Oh, man. Oh, hey, man. No, it's, it's great. Don't be such a stranger on our show, okay? Yeah, anytime, guys. I really appreciate uh, bringing me on. And, and it's been a lot of fun. Honestly, like, I listen to the show a lot. And the Leafs, it's tough to do radio when the team's doing so well. You almost want a loss mixed in, right? Because it makes it easier. Not us. We we can drum up our own business over you here. Get, this guy. You trying to get me in trouble again? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, man, it's been fun to watch. And, and you know what, I hope Marta, like, how cool would it be if he can somehow get another 10, 15 games? Like, I'm all for records getting broken, not just OV, but all these records. It would be so cool if somehow Marner can just keep this going for another few weeks and we start talking about one of the greatest, uh, you know, point streaks in NHL history, you, which would be just awesome. So you're, you're going from the OV prediction a few years ago to now Marner will break Gretzky's <laughs> record of 51 consecutive games getting a point. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I, I'm going to hold off on that one for a but little bit. It's been cool it. to see him break say it. Well, I'll say before, it. He's breaking it. Before DA gets off, I want to make sure that he knows I'm not talking behind his back when I say that the, the OV 1000 thing is the most insane thing I've heard in a long time. That's not right. <laughs> just, I didn't no, want you to think I was talking about you behind your back, Tia, because that's no. an insane thing to say. No, please uh, uh, stamp stamp this show because I had Doug and and Elliot and Kelly Rudy and Nick yeah. all like literally laugh in my face to the point I had to like kind of leave with my tail no, between my legs when I brought it up. I think it was what you were wearing that <laughs> night. That had nothing to do with uh, with what you said. Oh man! Well, listen, he hasn't done it yet. I don't think a thousand's crazy, but that's you know, again, maybe that's me just thinking he has know. the desire to do that. And he but played till he's forty-five. I feel like he's going to hit a wall. Like he, look at it, the build of that man. Like but he's got to just I, slow down. I, I was you two and I a know, half but years it doesn't ago, ha- three years ago. Father time is undefeated. Ovi's not going to be like sixty. And you're like, we can't believe it. He never slowed down. Same like it's coming, guys. One timer. It's coming. But Justin, you're you're a math guy. You're a math guy. I am twenty-five days. 25 this year, he needs 175. 40 next year, I'm talking to 1,000 here. 40 next year, he needs a, a 100 and, uh, 135. You know, like, four, you know, kind of he plays five more seasons. Five but listen, seasons Dave, Dave listen to the ease with which you're like, 40 next year, like 40, 40 goals at age, what's he, whatever he's going to be, it's a huge he, number. He shoots the well, ball. I know he shoots it in the net a lot. Yeah. He's going to keep and shooting it in the net. Yeah, he's going to, he just has to stay healthy. And he, wa- he has to have the passion yeah that you watch when he practices as if he's scoring his first listen, goal is, ever. He, he, it's, it's not waning. Is he going to – well, but it will. Is he going to hold the Capitals hostage and be like, you have to keep me around during the years I'm getting 22 goals and not contributing defensively because I'm chasing these records? Yeah. yeah. For sure. Well, uh, I mean, and you, say, you say hostage, he puts butts in the seats. I mean, I, I think if a guy's pursuing 1,000 goals, that's going to be – entertaining in its own right i i don't know i mean listen that could be a that could be a horrible take I, but i but it wouldn't shock me i guess i'm just gonna throw yeah, that out there i'm, I'm like, past the shock too I, he's yeah, just uh he's I a freak of nature he's, he he's just a he's just it's it's he's 37 and he's up against mm-hmm. 24 year olds and not i guess looking, it's like a bit of a place. castle thing where i look at the guy and i'm like you know, he does. He just looks like he's got the gray hair and his like beer belly, and he's just well, not really beer belly, but you know That's what I mean. Like, Here's what you need to know: He's played 17 seasons. He's missed 47 games. The majority of those have been for suspension. Yeah. So I, I, I say that hey. I, I might be wrong. And he hits. Yeah, and, and he, he, yeah, he's uh, it's. He's different. He's a different he's not, guy. Of course and he is. He's the best goal scorer of all time. He's not Kessel avoiding it. He's going right. for, He's going after it. He's the aggressor I know, most to, nights. I think that that doesn't come back at some point. I don't know. It's unbelievable. I, I know it is. It is unbelievable. And he deserves. Okay, you know, we'll yeah, let you get back to your prep work for Monday night. What he deserves. <laughs> hey, Kipper, what's the name of the show? It's called Monday Night with David Amber. With Roger. <laughs> <laughs> Roger Amber on David oh. David's Night Hawk. Oh, to try and rename it. All right. No, so much Rogers Monday Night Hockey, right? 
There you go, David Amber and the crew. <laughs> All right, guys, have a great night. Thanks, Dan. All right, thanks, man. Oh, he's got um, Keith Yendel on it, Cassie Campbell. Yeah, Anson Carter. And Anson Carter. It's a great show. Perfect. See, I didn't screw it up. I, I don't know. I know. Then, yeah, I believe you. I, Borny, I agree with you. They're what? a thousand stupid. It's, I mean, we're talking about, so even I just honestly, talking to DA. I, I still even think, on. like, everyone's just no, sure no, he's going to score 94 listen, more goals. I know, I know, hey, I know. Hey, if he stays healthy. I we know, do not agree. Yeah, yeah, but that's part of the if. Yeah, that's, of course that's. But well, see, you listen to DA. He just said, you know, two years from now, he said November 2024, you know, yeah. he thinks we're, you know, doing. I think them. we're in the ballpark. Okay, so that's 100 goals from now in two years. That's fifty goals a year. He's he's uh, as a pace. Yeah, you think he's going to keep scoring at that pace? Uh, or, sorry, I know it's ninety. Even if it's thirty-five, thirty-seven, he's in the ballpark of November, December, January, no, the following year. I think you know at the end of that year, maybe you're talking. Is he going to get it in the last games of the year? I just don't see him falling off the face of the earth here in the next uh, eighteen to twenty-four months. I don't. And I thought I would yeah, two and a half, three years ago. But now it's that much closer, and he's doing it without Backstrom, which to me is the most, I think, amazing thing. I mean, yeah. historically, y- uh, Yari Curry with Gretzky, Bossy with your father-in-law, and, mm. uh, and Trache. Like, it's you need big people around you and yet yeah. he looks like no just somebody get me the puck you know and i'll so be fine he has the most goals in nhl history his last year he scored nine you know like there's it gets to a point where you just you're not the guy you were compared to the league i don't even, even think for the he, greatest of all time but, but from a from a pure physical thing yeah gretz's body was mm way more capable of quitting on him than Ovi's is. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. I, Why? He's just carrying so much weight. I'm not saying he's... I just Gretz is last is a bull. I know he is. Gretz is last year. He's still 62 points in 70 games. Yeah, I know. Yeah, was that's, it nine and... That's not, nine and 53. Yeah. And that's not good enough for him. No, but I'm still... It's goal like, scoring. Yeah. I just... I Like I said, I'm still not even convinced he's breaking Gretz. I'm still not ready to it's go. It's a lot there. of goals left. But uh, goals. it is Ovi, and he is near the league league and in goals, so I should probably stuff I've him. Just, and I just, I was on your side two and a half years ago. Yeah. Trust me, I was. Come on, can he stay healthy? I actually did this same take to DA year, a couple of years yeah. ago about how he wasn't going to get to Gretzky. So I'm going to eat that one. So I just, it's funny though, because you were mentioning about if they're going to let him just, this is their whole destiny now, probably, right? That they're just going to be. Well, is that what they want to be, though? The team who just, like... But after all that he's given to them, how could they not? Well, because they don't have to. Because they want to win championships, and they but don't have to. If they... But they're probably... We all talk about how they're on the downside of this. Like, it's kind of flipping, like, the window's closing. To me, if you are Ted Leones, this is, like, the ideal scenario. I think it comes back to, will Ovi come back? Will he play out those twilight years in the chase for whatever the number is? Was it 1000 for it last less than $10 million? Fi- last year he signed five years. Was it? And he's got three years after this year at nine and a half per season. Uh, news coming in. Trevor Moore, former Toronto Maple Leaf, 
Uh, he went. Oh, he's made $137 million uh, in his career. Anyways. Trevor Moore was in the Muzzin deal or was he in the Campbell deal? I honestly don't know. Sammy? I, 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 don't, I can't keep track of it. It doesn't even matter to me. They went that way. They, these players came this way. Okay, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I just No, kinda... because it was it was Grunstrom, Dursey, and a first-round pick for Muzzin. Muzzin. So, so he was, was in the Campbell. It was Campbell, yep. Uh, he signed a – the official word is – uh, four point two million for five years. Four point two per year for yes. five years. Whoa, Funny, we had more that's on. A big. That's a big ticket. Ticket. Oh my god, Michael Bunting's eyes just. Went, oh, that's, a good well, that's, point. that's that's exactly <laughs> where I was going Such with. Such a good point. So, I think Bunting has probably three or four more points than him. I think more probably plays a f- more minutes than him. Maybe penalty kill. I don't know. But I don't know. I'll look it up. But Demore was with the Marlies when I was there. I gotta think. Yeah, I like more here. Bunting's looking at that deal and going, hmm. "Really happy for you, Just, pal." Yeah. <laughs> Send him a text. Congratulations on that one. We had uh... so happy for you and your family. <laughs> <laughs> we had more on uh, Hockey Central a couple of years ago, and I remember saying to him. Signed a two-year deal, seven hundred grand each. Like, just got to know what's it feel like to you know sign for that much money. Going from he was making in the minors like fifty a year to making seven hundred, and he was like, I don't know, like you know, I I want. He basically said I wanted to play for this contract. He's like, I want, you know, I want the real money. I want the and this is this is it for him. He's got it. He's Not got, sure that he's that guy for the the Kings. He's got seven goals in thirty-two games this year so far. More 18 does. points. Yeah. 18 to so, Bunting's 21. Yeah, so he plays, I'm just looking up his time on ice here. 18? 18, 17, 16, 13. Like, he's just kind of, yeah. Yeah, No. never over 20. Eh, a couple times over 20. I'm just looking okay. for his average here. He probably averages 17 and a half to Bunting's 15. Mm-hmm. So I would put that as uh, the only thing uh, he does more than Bunting would be probably uh, killing penalties. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of pace is Bunting on? <laughs> pace to play himself out of Toronto? I'm just wondering, like, <laughs> you know, if Bunting ends up with 50 points, which yeah. is probably very likely. Yeah, last year Moore had 17 goals and 48 points, and Bunting had, what, 20 and 60-some. I don't, I don't know, but, you know, we talked about it yesterday, Bunting's next contract did we not a day before and you kind of were more under the impression it was like a three million dollars a year type of deal well i'm looking at trevor moore and if i'm bunting and his rep that's my ballpark let me go ahead and say this that's Uh, an overpay that's not a very good contract that's an overpay like shout out to trevor moore it's great you got it it's awesome yeah but that's not a good contract expensive expensive yeah, like is he going to have better years? They than love his... him there, though, boys. They absolutely uh, okay. They love him. Great. They love bunting here, but I don't think they're giving him twenty million dollars. Would they give him that deal? Would you? Would you sign Michael Bunting to that contract? No, I don't think he's Kipper? driving the bus. Right? He's, he's the benefits he reaps playing by Matthews for two years. Woo. Um, He's on the cover of Glory magazine. I, <laughs> Glory. I, I I like bunting at three or four years. I do. Sure. Mm. At what do you think you're going to get him for? Two and a half? Three and a half now? Three and a half. 
I think three at three, the for, three for four would be ideal, but that won't happen. Are you losing him at three and a half to another team? Probably. Wouldn't you think? I, I do think the market here drives up prices for guys because it's just the names come up so much more, right? Publicly, you're well aware that Ilya Mikheyev does X, you know, whereas you're not as aware that a player on some other team's third line does Y. Potentially why they were able to sign Michael Bunting for $900,000. See, the problem is, is what do you think you're going to replace him for to fill in 50 points? Mm-hmm. So it's... yeah. You're going to go find another 750. You're going to go find another bunting now to put up 100 points over two years for the grand total of $1.5 million. 1.8. I don't know what he's making, 800 a year. Yeah, 900. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And I know Kyle's got a little bit of magic in that, but but it's hard. Yeah, finding inefficiencies is not not an easy job, and people, uh, you know, those players don't exist out there. I mean, the odd one does, but not many. And I think Bunting's a better player today than what I saw a lot when he scored 61. I think he's smarter. I think he's stronger. I think he's making better plays outside of that six-foot radius in front of the net. I think he's starting to really understand that, that battles are won in key games anywhere within six feet off the wall. I'll say, inside yeah. his blue line, outside the blue lines, he he's making some nice if, plays if for I me. If I have a team and I'm missing a winger and they say, okay, there's Trevor Moore or Michael Bunting. Pick one for your hockey team. Pick and Bunting. Agree. And, you I, know, and I like Trevor Moore. I know, but I, to me, Bunting's responded two years in a row to the demotion, right? Because like, last year he got demoted too. Where, where he started low and then he kind of worked his way back up into the lineup. He started high this year with Marners and Matthew because that line had so much success. And then he got put down in the fourth line. Remember, he put in the bottom six. And then ever since that kind of happened, he's flipped back into being what he was last year. So he's mm-hmm. responded to it twice. He says a couple good – like, he's really good right now. Yeah. Yes, really he is. Really smart. And a little less drama. Yeah. I'm not seeing but as I much totally agree as – uh, Woe is me, slow slow back up off his feet, the stare down to the official. That's kind of gotten cleaned up a little bit. Still here and there. Still, yep. Well, I mean, it's a part of who he is, which you like. It's never not going to be there. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of of good stuff that Sheldon's been able to do uh, with a few players, including Bunting here on this stretch. And we'll get to... Sample it again tonight against the New York Rangers. Playing the Rangers. So the Maple Leafs improved to 12-0-3 in their last 15, dating to November 12th, and moved within one game of matching the franchise record for the longest point streak. A mark set from the November 22nd, 26-0-3. Our good friend uh, Jim Ralph was just in here, and he told me that Matt Sundin scored the winner in uh, overtime. Was that Jim Ralph that was in here? I saw you giving a nice hug to someone. Yeah, yeah. me and him worked together a long time on the broadcast. One of well, the best guys. Why did, you should have just brought him in. Oh, for you a couple just of what are you guys doing? You guys were talking to Amber. <laughs> I would have dumped Amber for Jimmy oh. Ralph. Oh, come on now. There's enough Mike to no, go around. Would, yeah, there would he would have been great with uh you know, we could have had Amber and Ralphie talking. I could have gone for coffee. I like coffee too. Should <laughs> leave Amber I'm, and Ralphie to do the show? Started in the death, boys. I think it might be time to end the show early today. <laughs> well, well, you know, while we're talking about letting other people talk, we have Sheldon Keefe clips on 
Pierre Engvall and David Camp, who've been very good when they're paired up, they're a good line. Why don't we talk about some depth scoring for the uh, the Leafs here and talk about Engvall and Camp? I mean, anytime Engvall and Camp have been together, that's been a, a successful uh, pair for us. So not really who's been on the other side. Uh, Kerfoot's speed and his own diligence defensively, I think, gives that gives us three guys there that can really defend well and, and make it hard on the opposition. It's nice to see them get some reward the other night offensively, but um, really the, the hallmark of that line is how they defend and how they transport the puck up the ice, and all three players, uh, I think, are, are strong at that no matter what line they're on. Now, what I'm going to watch for tonight in the game mm-hmm. is exactly what he's talking about because uh, – the Leafs have turned into once again a dangerous team off the rush, mm-hmm. and I, like, think about like those first three weeks where we were just like scratching our heads, going, "What are we watching here? Like, how many of those hail mary fifty uh, footers that we saw in the first three weeks? It's been cleaned up, yeah, really cleaned up nicely. Yeah, no, they're they're definitely a lot more short support, skated out of their own end pretty well. They and, yeah. the, and the Rangers in the last four games have done a better job, and I. I did watch Rangers jersey, mm-hmm. and we we believe that the Devils have been the best rush team in the league this year. Yeah, and the Rangers found a way as the game progressed to really shut that down. And I think if you look over the last three or four games, uh, Colorado, uh, Vegas, the Rangers, yeah, these wins, they've done a nice job of taking away rush chances here so i'm really going to be intrigued to see what kind of room the leafs have in the neutral zone tonight yeah that's you know and we really get a true sense of how the leafs are going to look in playoffs our expectations for them when they play teams like this right because that's a much more accurate assessment of how playoff games look when you play teams that you know clog it up through the middle of the ice and and do the things the rangers have been doing a much better team than i think they're where their place is in the standings just pulling up their rush stats here for you. Kevin. Oh, you have rush stats? I do. But, cool. Yeah, the old... The <laughs> I don't old... know about... It. He's got a million web uh, pages I... here. I wouldn't know where to look for any of this that's, stuff. Honestly, that's my favorite. I'll be like, Borny, can you look this up for me? He's like, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> click, 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 click. Push my glasses up my nose. Pocket uh, <laughs> protector. Yeah. protector. Yeah, they're, uh, they are a team who has given up rush chances this year, but better in their last five games, so seem to be tightening things up. Yeah. The Leafs, by the way, are good at just about everything except rush chances against. They give up quite a few rush chances still, so I don't know that I've seen that as much lately. Actually, in last five games, they've been All right. Too, so. What else? We got a couple minutes here. Uh, also on my itinerary, yes. uh, compliments of Sammy, mm-hmm. Barry Trotz. Uh, on Darren Millard, my buddy Darren Millard's podcast, I think the, the chirp. chirp. Correct. Uh, Barry Trot said, "Not likely to coach this season." Oh, <laughs> now what the, a change now of the tone, are hot. Mr. Trot! <laughs> what a change so, of tone! So, uh, did you hear? Did you watch or listen to this? I just read the heard? quotes. Oh, you just yeah, read the quotes. Yeah. Was there a reason why? Did he give not a really. reason just, why? No, just I just—it's funny to me. I just put it in there because. Yeah, there's a reason why. Because the Leafs are red hot, and he wants to coach the Leafs. That job is not opening up anytime soon. Yeah. Unless they lose in playoffs. Yeah. Do you want me to read it to you, or do you care? Well, there's more to it. Well, I know. I can read you the quotes from the, from the clip if you want. I'd love it. Okay, I'm just pulling it up here. 
While, okay. while we're doing that, do you want a Riley update or do you want not want the Riley update? Do you want to know what's going on? I will going on save with him? Riley tomorrow. Right, I'll save him. Right. He's not playing anytime soon. Here, here's, here's the update. He's skating. He's okay. not. Or he's gonna. He's ready to skate. He's not going to play anytime soon. So generally, that means seven to ten days. Yeah, I think in the new year you'll see Riley he, as soon as. I'm deciding. There's a couple teams that reached out to me, and I said I'm not there yet. I'm probably going to take the rest of the year off and see where I am. It's still a part of me, but I'm continuing to stay true to myself and my family right now. So there you go. That's nice. So the difference between likely and just not to coach this season is an offer I can't refuse. The job hasn't come up. Right? It's like every boxer or UFC fighter who retires until someone pays him a boatload. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm retired. I'm not looking for anything. Tom Brady did. Tom Brady. Yeah. It's going to cost a lot to get me to come play yeah. or to come coach. It's always the smart stance to take. What are you not likely to do in the next little while? I'm like, I'm not likely to come back and play at my age of 56. <laughs> you don't think so? What are uh, you not likely to do? I'm not likely to write another book anytime soon. Uh, that was a lot of work. We've talked tonight, me and Borny, after, oh, yeah. the, after the final oh, whistle. Yep. You guys will have a lot tonight. I can't wait. It'll be a great game. I love watching it'll, games. And it'll be MSG. a great show. Yep. Not as good as this one. Nearly. But it'll be okay. <laughs> Thanks, Kip. You all appreciate right. it. Fast two hours, everyone. We really appreciate you being around for all of it. Our thanks to Mark Messier. Uh, David Amber and Luke Fox. Good show. From sportsnet.ca. Stay safe, everyone. We're back again tomorrow to wrap up Rangers and the Leafs.